Wasn't that awesome yesterday? I know I had a good time. Sitting around all day watching college football. Tulane completing an epic comeback. Muleshoe loses and then says that he's close again. Mississippi State wins um, on, on the final play of the game. Well, they had a lead on the final play of the game, but they score a touchdown and a crazy play at the end. Yesterday was awesome. We had a day off just sitting back while watching college football. It was great. And then Josh Helmer, I wake up this morning and I say, oh, this is kind of sad. Like it's, it's, it's over. I get sit around and, and watch a football game today. I watched all these great games over the weekend, over the holiday weekend. Dang, where, where did football go? I was having so much fun watching it. And then I remembered, wait a second, wait a minute. We do have a football game to watch today. We've got the Under, Under Armour All-America game at uh, 4 o'clock on ESPN today. And, I, hey, you may think that that's a little bit of a joke. Who cares about a high school All-Star game? Well, when you got like seven Sooners playing in this game today, I bet that there's a lot of OU fans going to be switching over to ESPN uh, to check out this uh, All-American game. Heck yeah, there's going to be a ton of interest in it, as there should be, right? Yeah. I mean, this is we, – we got what? The uh, glimpse a little while back in the game that was broadcast of Jackson Arnold, but beyond that, probably a lot of Oklahoma fans haven't seen much of these uh, much of these guys, these signees outside of some huddle tape and some signee tape. I mean, I'll I'll ask the the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. I'm going to be watching the Under Armour All America game today at four p.m. We'll be giving you if there's any live updates to give throughout the rush. Uh, you, you'll be hearing that today on the ref. But you out there, do you care at all about this game? Are you excited about it? I I do think having a quarterback in this game does excite some people, Josh. And yeah, you, you mentioned. You know, not every OU fan has seen highlights of some of these guys. Um, you know, maybe you haven't seen a whole lot of Lewis Carter or Caden Green or even Jacoby Johnson, who's an Oklahoma kid. But seeing Jackson Arnold get to throw to a guy like Jaquez Petaway in this game is, it's going to be pretty cool. So I'll, I'll be excited to watch it at, at, at 4 p.m. In fact, I think it was on Sunday, my wife and I were uh, sitting somewhere, um, you know, watching some of those bowl games. And on one of the TVs, they had the Under Armour, uh, one of the practices on Sunday. And I found myself looking over there pretty frequently, seeing Jackson Arnold um, kind of in the on the same team as Jaden Rashada and outperforming him, outperforming him a little bit, seeing David Hicks absolutely tear it up, which hurt a little bit. But, yeah, I even watched some of the practice on Sunday a little bit and the game coming up at 4 p.m. today. Which, by the way, there's no um, – like. There's a lot of time where announcements are made at this game, and announcements will be made at the All-American Bowl, which is different from today. That'll be a, a Saturday in San Antonio. OU doesn't figure to be in any of these announcements coming up. So you got the number five overall class. I know everyone's pretty happy with that, but don't expect any other big additions here throughout the next week in terms of the 2023 class. I guess you never know what could happen with the 24 class. But, yeah, man, um, Derek LeBlanc's not playing today, but I guess Jackson Arnold has looked like arguably the most impressive quarterback in Orlando, Josh. And uh, P.J. Adabari's been pretty fantastic, too. So two of your five stars have looked uh, real good this past week in Orlando. It'd be awesome to see both play well. And definitely for Adabari, Oklahoma can use an infusion of talent ASAP uh, at anywhere along its defensive line. So if uh, he's somebody that can showcase today, 
some of that ability, that would be a welcome sight for Oklahoma fans. Obviously, probably you're not taking a, a ton out of the Under Armour game, right? Beyond, okay, well, that's cool. Nice, shiny uh, player incoming for Oklahoma of the future. The, the main thing, again, knock on wood, is everybody just stays healthy in this game. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like a spring game. huh? It, it kind of feels like an OU spring game with – Eight, um, eight, eight uh, signees named to this bowl game, and Derek LeBlanc not going to play, so seven playing. Kind of does feel like an OU spring game with this. Like, we're used to watching these um, all-star games, and there might be one, two, maybe three OU signees in it. Like, this is new territory with the amount, sheer amount of OU guys playing in the same bowl game. Well, I think that ratchets up the interest level, too, right? I mean, it'd be sure. you'd be excited as an Oklahoma fan to sit back and watch Jackson Arnold alone, but I mean the the number of players for Oklahoma, the signees that are in this game, has to make folks more intrigued to, to sit back and watch it. It's a great showcase for the University of Oklahoma to have that many players in the game. Under Armour game with seven future Sooners or listening to you guys and the text line rip on Mule Shoe off and on for four hours. Let's go. Uh, give hair plugs. Hell, I'm in on the ref. Uh, hey. And that's great. I hope you do that. I hope you listen to us until 6 p.m. today. And if something big happens from the uh, Under Armour game, I promise we'll let you know as uh, as soon as it happens. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to choose. Technically, you can have that on the uh, TV. True. And just pull us up on the app. Uh, guess Arch skipped Orlando, LOL. Yeah, he's he's he didn't do any of these like off-season camps that Jackson Arnold did and so many other players did. and he I don't believe he's playing in the uh, All-American Bowl in San Antonio either, which is a little bit weird, man. When you're the number one overall recruit and you don't go to any of those camps or playing any of those All-Star games, it may mean absolutely nothing. Man, maybe he goes to Texas, and as soon as next year he's the starter and he lights it up and he has a great career. But it, it, am I the only one that thinks it's a little bit odd that he doesn't want to go out and at least compete in some of these things? I don't, I don't even know if I want to call it a red flag. Maybe some will. It's just it's just weird, man. I could see where somebody would make that argument, that it's a little bit of a red flag, because it's going to have some people feeling like, is he scared to go out there and perform poorly? Right? And if that's the case before you ever step foot on campus, what's going to happen when you step foot on campus? Probably he just simply doesn't need to do it and doesn't feel the need to take part in any of them right which that much is true I mean you've inked the letter of intent but they you look like to. they're really fun to go to like you want to compete and be out there like I, I see what you mean but that is the case for several of those guys that are out there well, playing it's the today, case for right? all, all of the guys for Oklahoma none of them have to go play the game but it's a great showcase event and ultimately it's like you said yeah it's fun right who knows you might be whether or not it's in Oklahoma Sooner signee that you're playing with, somebody else on these rosters, Tyler, you're talking about maybe a future NFL teammate down the road, and from that standpoint, you'd kind of like to go sure. and be a part of it. So, no, it's 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 a unique, it's a peculiar decision. Uh, from the 918, I'll be watching and looking forward to seeing uh, what PJ can do. PJ Adabari is who they're referencing there. Do you have a list of players by school, which school has the most, et cetera? No, but I can work on getting uh, that before we get out of here today. This one says, I'll be watching and looking forward to uh, seeing what PJ can do. Here's another one. Um, Devon Sears Jr. just tweeted, the uh, OU has the best fan base I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I saw that actually right before we uh, hopped on the air. Now, Devon Sears is, he'll be at OU tomorrow. And he's a defensive tackle from Texas State, currently in the transfer portal. 
And I don't know how big of a surprise this really is, Josh, but it's pretty apparent by the visits, by the offers that are going out. OU is most concerned, seemingly, in three positions in the portal. They've already added some defensive linemen. It doesn't feel like they're done adding defensive linemen, does it? They want as much added depth up front as possible. D-line is a high priority in the portal. Uh, Adding a wide receiver seems to be high priority in the portal. And I think they want to add offensive line still in the portal as well. Um, They don't seem like they're too concerned with running back, not concerned at all with quarterback and some other positions, but... I don't know if you see it any different, but to me it's like D-line, O-line, and wide receiver is what they're most concerned with right now in the portal. Which, you know, after uh, watching the Cheez It Bowl, feel a little bit better about offensive line, but definitely understand why they would like to supplement with one or two names there if they can, right? Any sort of added experience offensive line with what you're going to be replacing, sure. Makes sense. Wide receiver, definitely could use some proven help at wide receiver and – Man, you, you could tell me defensive line, you could tell me linebacker, you could tell me anywhere in the secondary. Defensively, when Oklahoma was as bad as it was, Tyler, I, I get that we feel optimistic about some of the young players on this roster for the Sooners, really kind of across the board for Oklahoma defensive line, linebacker, and in the secondary, uh, both in this class and probably in last year's class as well. But, man, when you're as bad as Oklahoma was defensively, you'll take help to me, anywhere you can get it out of the transfer portal. Yeah, but especially at those, I mean, defensive line, they've, they've got to add more depth there. And I think that they have. I think they had Jacob Lacey, Trace Four, two really good additions. But, yeah, they're like, yeah, we need more. Let's come on. Come on. More defensive linemen. Let's go. So, Devon Sears will be on campus uh, tomorrow. Anthony Lucas of A&M is in the transfer portal. He was a top 50 recruit in 2022. We'll see what OU wants to do there um, if they really want to pursue it. And I think Parker said it last hour, and I totally agree with him. NIL is probably going to be a factor in that one because we've seen NIL be a factor with several high-profile guys in the portal. And I think Anthony Lucas would be considered a high-profile guy that's in the portal, especially at the position he plays. Which, by the way, uh, yeah, Parker's not on this hour. He's catching a flight to San Antonio. So uh, Josh Elmer is with me until 3 p.m., which I really like having Josh on during Locked In. Uh, because you got to be really plugged into recruiting, and you re- really got to be plugged into the transfer portal to be on this hour, and uh, you just happen to be plugged into both. So it's uh, it- it's all about recruiting in the transfer portal right now. So happy to have you along. Until what else 3 is there, right? I mean, come on, we got nine months of this. Yeah, no, seriously, man. Because um, the portal ain't like this isn't the only portal cycle, right? Like I think OU will still be a player in the transfer portal probably even after spring ball is over. Now, I think that you're probably going to get your most high-profile guys out of the portal this time around, but we saw last year they added, what, two quarterbacks after spring ball was over? Like, after you get a better look of what you have at certain positions, that's when you kind of reevaluate things and say, all right, what other uh, positions do we need to address via the portal? But this is where you're going to get your your heavy hitters, I think, here in the next – well, they've already gotten some, but here in the next couple of weeks or so. Right. 18th, I believe, is the final day of of this portal window. So there's going to be some serious shuffling now that the holidays are over. We're kind of – I know we've seen several guys make their decisions to come to Oklahoma, but hopefully – 
there should be, I think, a few more on the way, not just here but nationally for sure. Uh, I guess they did get a punter over the weekend. Maybe your punter for uh, next season. They did. Luke Elzinga, uh, Central Michigan to OU, first team All-Mac. How about that? I mean, just <laughs> those credentials alone sound yeah. pretty good. And, and I don't want to sound like, uh, oh, you know, this is just a throwaway and it, you know, it doesn't matter. I, we saw the past couple years the difference in having a really good punter and what it could mean. And if you're going to start kind of building your program around having better defenses, which I think is what we're all hoping is about to happen, um, a good punter, a really good punter, is is extremely valuable. Extremely valuable to helping your defensive numbers. We, uh, we didn't see it in the Cotton Bowl directly in terms of a punting situation, but we did see special teams loom large. Mario Williams. End of that game, right? I mean, just the mistake on that kickoff right there to get backed up to the one-yard line then leads to the safety. You get the football back, you win the football game. So uh, not going to diminish the acquisition of a punter. I know that, look, it's not the wide receiver that Oklahoma fans are looking for or more defensive line help or linebacker, et cetera, et cetera. But you'll, you'll take any, any way that you can get better, even if it's a punter. Um, the text line has a wish list going on right now for the portal, which they've had it going on for a while. But today's current wish list, and they're making it pretty clear here. Brian and Tulsa sends it in. Here's another one from the 405 sending it in. Can we get Tyron Broden, six foot seven, 210-pound wide receiver from Bowling Green? Yeah, there's some uh, scuttle that there's some mutual interest there. And we saw what a six seven wide receiver can do last Thursday. We're on the bad end of that. I, it feels like OU wants to get bigger at wide receiver. Um, in six foot seven, two hundred and ten pounds, I'd say that's a pretty good place to start in terms of trying to get bigger at the wide receiver position. One of the first signees that Oklahoma brought in was Jaden Gibson, right? Which fits that larger uh, wide receiver profile. So I don't think there's any any doubt that that's uh, the direction that Levy and Oklahoma want to go. And there's you know mutual interest for a reason. Oklahoma needs immediate skill talent help. Uh, Josh Plaster will be better than Turk. That's from uh, Jackson from Norman. I um, Look, I hope that Luke Elzinga comes in and he's just a dude, but having a guy with the last name Plaster as your punter next year I think has, a, has to be a pretty good omen, right? He's on the all-names team, I, for sure. Come on. Uh, OU's been pretty solid with names here recently. Plaster is the last name for your punter. That's, that's pretty promising. I, I think, in fact... Josh Plaster should have an edge for the starting punting job going into a spring ball. Yeah, well. But that's just me. I would imagine he does, based on name alone. That's just me. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We got a lot to do this hour. Yes, the Under Armour All-America game is uh, less than two hours away. A lot with recruiting, including the 2024 class. More to come via the portal. Uh, some players announcing that they're coming back, and we're still waiting on two particular names to announce one way or the other if they're staying or uh, going. But keep those texts coming. We'll get to more of them coming up on the uh, other side. It is the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune on this Tuesday. No Thune. Josh Helmer is with me until 3 p.m., Parker and I actually aren't going to do another show together until next Monday. Uh, I'm out after today for the rest of the week. Parker's out today. or Actually, Parker's out for the rest of the week now. So Parker and I uh, both won't be back with you until Monday. So I'm sure a lot of things will happen in between uh, now and then. But the Ref Army, they are listening worldwide once again today. 
Osaka, Japan is checked in via the Ref app. Maritime Togo, am I saying that right, text line? Maritime Togo. I don't know, but they're on the map currently. Tacoma, Washington. Fair Oaks, California. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Highland, Indiana. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And our small town of the day, Union City, Oklahoma. Just west of Mustang, essentially. So thanks to uh, Union City for checking in today. Love it. Uh, Mention A&M has another player in the portal, Anthony Lucas, top 50 player in the 2022 class. Now, we thought before the season was over, Josh, that A&M was going to get hard, uh, hit hard via the transfer portal, right? Well, that has absolutely been the case. So far, A&M leads all teams with the most transfer outs. 27 players have currently uh, transferred out or, or, or uh, are in the uh, transfer portal. 27 for A&M, 22 for both Florida and Arkansas, 20 for Arizona, 18 for Jackson State. A&M is essentially has lost like an entire recruiting class this uh, portal cycle. Well, that does, I think, offer a little bit of credence to why Brent Venables was so adamant from day one that if you're coming to Oklahoma, you're coming to Oklahoma for the right reasons. Yes, NIL can be a portion of that conversation, but if that's the first thing you mention, it's, it's not going to be a match. It's not going to be a, a marriage made in heaven for Oklahoma because guess what? Probably you get this. I, I'd love the breakdown, if you've got it, of how many of those guys for A&M that are transfer portal entries, how many were in this most recent recruiting class? Um, I don't have that. It, it seems like there's been a good amount, though. It seems like there's been quite a bit. Like some of their highest, you know, higher ranked players have been in the portal this and cycle. That tells you everything you need to know. And this portal cycle's not over yet. Like more of those guys could still hop in the portal when it's all said and done. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right about that. I mean, A and M. Like Jimbo's going to have some pressure next year, and I just don't know. Like, does anyone think he's going to have a good football team next year? I don't think A and M is going to have a good football team next year. So, like, their recruiting class is starting to pick up steam. They're inside the top 15, I want to say, now. But we, we just saw, like, they signed the number one overall class last year, the highest-ranked recruiting class ever, and it netted them a 5-7 and seven season. So they're, they're in a world of hurt, man. And I don't think that they're one year away from flipping it around. A&M is probably two to three years, if not more, from flipping this thing around. And I, I don't think Jimbo's going to be there for the ultimate turnaround there if it even happens. And I think you said it at the time, and others did as well, when you sign that type of class, look, that's, that's great. But now all of a sudden you've got championship-level expectations, which five and seven clearly has fallen way short of that. So unless there's legitimate light years improvement this next season, all of a sudden I know the, the cash – Buyout is what it is for Jimbo Fisher, but all of a sudden, man, you, you start getting those types of signing classes and you're that bad, you, you know where that leads to. I guess Josh Plaster is already uh, getting nicknames on the text line. Uh, Plaster the Blaster Train in the 9-1-A. Okay. Went to high school with Josh Plaster. Great kid. Plaster and booty. LOL. Uh, see? Look, I'm not the only one hyping this kid up because of his last name. I'm just saying, there's some on the text line that are saying, let's go. Well, it might be the greatest name for a punter ever. What what other names would even be in the mix? I have no clue, but a plaster for a punter? That's amazing. Can we stop making the comparisons of A&M's 22 class to their 22 season, please? What what, what do you you mean? Well, I understand what the texter is saying a little bit there is, 
you don't expect true freshmen to come in and, generally speaking, impact straight away. There'll be one or two that do, but probably now you're looking at this next season. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying with as many players as they've, as they've lost in the portal, and, and they're going to get some players from the portal, but they might be in a situation where they, have, they may have to play more true freshmen than they want this year is what I'm saying. And this was already off a team that was 5-7 and seven a year ago. I just, frankly, I don't think a and is going to be very good next year. I well, think they're going to have a lot of issues. And what we're talking about here is look at just the, the signing class that they've got. Everybody's exiting stage left. So that, that alone has to be very problematic, regardless of what happened on the field. You finish that poorly, and all of a sudden everybody's just bailing ship. That's... That's an issue for AM, big time. Uh, Plaster Master is on here. Master Plaster is on here as well. So, great. Yes, we have uh, already created nicknames, multiple nicknames, for a guy that hasn't even won a position battle yet. You're it's creating great. a monster, my friend. If uh, General Booty transfers out, which he had to have one of the highest-selling jerseys this year, right? I, I don't know if th- those, like, if that's been released or not. Um, but if General Booty transfers out elsewhere, you got to think Josh Plaster will have one of the highest selling jerseys. And maybe instead of Plaster, it'll say like Master Plaster on the back or something like that. I don't, I, I don't know. Plaster Master, whatever. Especially if he winds up, uh, you know, as your number one guy and he's awesome doing it, then, you know, skyrocket. Uh, transfer portal news. Well, not transfer portal news, but really uh, guys that had decisions to make for OU over the weekend. Woody Washington is back. I think that that's a big one, man. I, I really do. Um, you know, Woody had an up-and-down season. I think pretty much everyone on defense had an up-and-down season. But I think that we've seen that there is, you know, real potential for Woody Washington to be a very quality corner um, in this league. And you're hoping that the best that he has to offer happens next year and it's more consistent and I am very optimistic about OU second. I, I think that there's a lot of talent back there. But um, I was happy to see that Woody Washington is going to come back next year. I, I think that that really helps out the corner situation next year. So let's see. He's appeared in 30-some-odd games now yeah. throughout the course of his career. If, you know, just from a sheer experience standpoint, it's gigantic for Oklahoma. How many career tackles does he have? I mean, quite a few. So, it no, it's massive. It gets you a good starting place at cornerback. Hopefully you get good news on C.J. Colden as well. And then some of these young guys emerge for you, and all of a sudden you're in a pretty good little spot at corner. And then uh, Isaiah Coe is coming back. So we've been talking about D-line, D-line depth, D-line depth, especially on the interior, right? You, you, you really need bodies, good bo- like good players at that position. And, you know, Isaiah Coe, I don't, if you want to consider him your best inside player, he's probably in that mix, was doing some nice things at the end of the year. Isaiah Coe is a nice player to get back for next season as well. I, I, I don't think that um, this was a decision that totally changes the defense, but you need the more interior players, the better, and him coming back is a good thing. And he's delivered proven production, some TFLs, tackles, all of that good stuff. Is he uh, an absolute game wrecker or – where Oklahoma's trying to wind up up front? No, probably not. But he's a, he's a definite rotational piece and has been a solid player here. Still waiting on uh, Mims and Dylan Gabriel. And I still believe with all of my heart that Dylan Gabriel is going to come back to OU next year. Um, could it happen today? Maybe. I, I think that it, it would probably happen this week. 
announcements, I would guess. Mims, um, I'm I feel like Mims is still probably going to come back, but I'm not nearly as confident about Mims as I am Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, I'm I'm real confident that he's coming back to OU next year. Marvin Mims, like the statement that he had after the bowl game. You know, you you look way too much into that, right? That's kind of what we do when we're waiting for an announcement. Whoa, did this have, did this have a tone of a goodbye letter? Is that what it was? Um, I would guess both of them are back, but I feel way better about DG than I do Marvin Mims. Man, it'd be great news for Oklahoma if uh, Mims comes back. That, to me, would be a, a little bit of a surprise for OU. I do think that uh, Gabriel's coming back. You just you would expect that Oklahoma would have been active out of the transfer portal at a position like that that's that much of a premium. I get that uh, you're going to obviously respect Dylan Gabriel's decision, Tyler, and give him the time to make said decision, but you'd have to think that the staff would kind of have an idea of which way he's leaning one way or the other. They would. They and would. Just, just given the fact that it's quarterback, you'd have to know which way he's leaning. Well, so. If there was any doubt whatsoever – Like, if there was any doubt, like, they truly felt like it was 50-50, this one could go either way, whether he's transferring out or going to the NFL, you got to do what's best for you, right? Especially after a 6-7 and season and all the pressure that you're going to have going into next year, you got to do what's best for you. And if you really don't know, if you really think it's up in the air, you got to at least start calling around and, you know, saying, hey, any chance that you'd be interested in coming to OU and potentially – battling a true freshman for a starting spot next year, but we've heard none of that, right? Like, I think, you know, what you're saying is OU not being active at all in the quarterback market it's tells us sign. everything. Well, I think, yeah, it's a good sign, but I think it tells us everything with with uh, with with Gabriel because if there's any doubt whatsoever, you cannot go into the season next year saying to yourself, yeah, I guess a true freshman quarterback is going to battle it out with General Booty and Davis Bevel next year. Like, it, it, I, Dylan Gabriel's coming back, in my opinion. Well, I don't think I've, you have to worry about that too I've much. I've said this too, Tyler, is – and look, Dylan Gabriel doesn't feel this way, but Dylan Gabriel might hate every single person in Norman, right? And every single person on the Oklahoma staff or on this roster, whatever, which, again, he doesn't. But because of his relationship with Jeff Levy, that's the one person that his relationship goes way, way back with, right? And it, to me, it seems very far-fetched that he would leave Jeff Levy in the dark in that regard, right? That, to me, seems very unlikely. Uh, calling it now, David Hicks will enter the transfer portal after next season and will be a Sooner. Book it. Well, for those of you that have watched any of the uh, Under Armour All-America game practices, which they've been on TV, you're saying to yourself, uh, come on down, let's go, come on. Uh, David Hicks, if your prediction is correct, yeah, we'll take him. Let's go. Because in terms of uh, best overall players during the week in Orlando – like Jackson Arnold is in consideration. I think PJ Adabari is in consideration. <laughs> David Hicks is absolutely in consideration for that. And we'll see what he does today at 4 p.m. But I'm going to guess that he is uh, rather disruptive today yeah, in playing the, the game. The explosiveness, just the get off from the line of scrimmage is uh, pretty remarkable with him. He, he looks like he's got some pass rushing skills that other guys maybe aren't as advanced at. Uh, at this age, so easy to see why he's a five-star for sure, just in the limited video that's come out. Zane in Tulsa says, okay, I'll be the first one to say it. Uh, Dylan just wants the doubters to sweat out the idea of him not being here next year. I don't really blame him. I'm so thankful he's at Oklahoma. 
Uh, let's see. Assuming Mims comes back, that's Mims, Stoops, Stogner, and Farouk, and we didn't see much wide receiver rotation at all this year. Yeah, I okay. I think you can count on OU adding an, a player in the transfer portal. Maybe it's the six seven wide receiver out of Bowling Green that you all seem to want, and I don't hate that at all. I'll take a six seven big body wide receiver. But I, I think you're going to add a portal name to that list. Jaquay's Petaway's coming in. Really what you're banking on, if you want more, um, like just more overall depth at wide receiver, I think you're hoping that Nick Anderson takes a big step, sure. Jaden Gibson takes a big step, and Jaquay's Petaway is ready to play early on. That's what I think that you're, you're hoping happens. But Mims and Farouk going into next year, that seems like it's going to be a pretty solid one, too. And you know what you're going to get from Drake Stoops game in and game out. And maybe one of the guys you brought in a year ago out of the transfer portal, right, takes a little bit of a step forward, too. So, yeah, obviously some of it's got to be in-house development for Oklahoma at wide receiver. But uh, I'm like you. I would be surprised if we get all the way from either this first transfer portal window or post-spring in Oklahoma doesn't add one or two wide receivers. Uh, let me uh, let me read two more. Is there any chance that Jackson Arnold wins the starting job even if Dylan Gabriel returns? There's a chance. I would put. I, I would say it's a very slim chance. Very slim chance. Here's what's going to have to happen, and we'll talk about this all offseason long. But I think Jackson Arnold is going like, – it's going to have to be a real conversation going into training camp, Josh. I almost think that Jackson Arnold's going to have to win this thing in the spring, um, and then we go into training camp saying, like, all right, these ne- these first two, two and a half weeks or so is really where the position's going to be won. But Arnold's going to have to be better in the spring for it to be a real conversation going into training camp, at least I think. Well, he's going to have to show up and look exactly like a five-star which is not out of the realm of possibility, but to me would be a big-time shock. Uh, when you talk about Marvin Mims possibly not coming back, does that mean he would be leaving for the NFL or for another program? I would think it would be the NFL, would be my guess. If he was going to leave for another program, it was going to yeah. happen last offseason. Which I guess he was at the Cotton Bowl yesterday, right? He was taking that one in. Um, I don't think he's going to USC. I think he would probably go to the NFL, if, if, not, if not OU. 405-651-3439. A lot to get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to uh, as many of those as we can coming back next. Some uh, players around the Big 12 have announced their intentions to uh, head to the NFL draft, and we'll get more into recruiting as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. No Thune today. Josh Helmer is with me. Bob Stoops coming up next hour on The Rush, just like he does every single Tuesday at 320. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Next hour, uh, Teddy and myself will have you from 3 to 6 this afternoon. I think the nicest thing that an opposing fan base can say to a player on another team is what a lot of OU fans said to Deuce Vaughn this weekend, which is, thank God he is going to the NFL draft and we don't have to see this guy again. I saw so many OU fans saying, yes! No more. We don't have to deal with this guy anymore. He's going to the draft. Yeah, it's probably the nicest thing that you could say to someone. High praise, right? And he just uh, absolutely was was spectacular, special. Single-handedly, you have to account for what Deuce Vaughn could do running the football and especially catching the football out of the backfield. And we saw it against Alabama early before things went totally haywire on K-State. Uh, Braden Willis headed to the draft. You probably saw that. Grayson McCall is headed back to Coastal Carolina. I don't get that. Why enter the portal know. and then come back? Well, um, is is Pratt at Tulane doing the same thing? 
didn't uh, wasn't there some rumors that he was going to hop in the portal and then now he's he's not and he's coming back to Tulane next year? I don't know. Maybe they're testing the NIL waters. Who knows? Yeah, did they just not have the same demand that they thought they had? Maybe. I I, I think that I would think that those those two guys would have pretty high demand. I would think so too. Yeah. Um, by the way, I found the story interesting. So the athletic, and I think that this is a really cool piece. They asked eight, actually, let's see, 14, 15 random players at the Under Armour All-America Bowl practices in Orlando. The most amount of NIL money they were offered during their recruitment. Okay. So it doesn't have the players' names attached to it, but these are 15 players out there in Orlando, and they were asked, like, what's the most that you were offered by NIL? And I'm just going to read a few here. Player one. $400,000 a year. It was surprising for sure playing defensive back. Uh, Player number two, I never had money tossed in my way in any conversations. All right. Player number three, somebody tried to throw one million at me on signing day. Somebody called my parents and coaches. My loyalty to the program I signed with isn't worth a million dollars. I'll make that in no time. Um, then player five says one school mentioned $3.2 million over four years. So like, we think that there's this crazy NIL money being thrown out and not in every circumstance, but here's a few circumstances with like the elite of the elite playing sure. all-star games where yeah, crazy money like that is definitely being thrown out. Well, even if it's $400,000 is nothing to be upset about annually. That's a, a, Large bag of cash. Let me read a few more. Uh, player 13, the biggest amount of money was $3 million over four years. You want to get paid for your results. It played a factor, but not as big as some people think. Uh, here's another player. You're going to look at me like I'm dumb. It was $75,000, a car, and my own apartment. But I know you are not getting money if you're bad. The school introduces you to the people who are going to pay you. <laughs> so now it's the fun game, right, of uh, hearing these NIL stories and trying to uh, link the school or guess the school where those offers are coming from. And in most cases, you could probably have a uh, pretty good guess. Texas A&M, Miami, and who am I leaving out? Oregon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, probably the top three. So that's just crazy money, man. Three million over four years. So nobody said anything outrageous like two million a season or anything like that. Yeah, no, not not in this one. But. Which you know, four for or three for four seasons is, you know, nice. But that's not the hey, somebody's getting two million dollars. Peyton says, wonder which defensive back got four hundred thousand thrown at them with the winking face emoji. Peyton thinks he has a pretty good idea of a uh, particular defensive back that's out there in Orlando that he might, uh, you know, he might take a guess on. Uh, rumor about Coastal quarterback was that he was unable to transfer out of the school. Yeah, I, I think that there was a grades issue for Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. Ah, gotcha. Uh, listening to you guys and watching a replay of the Cotton Bowl yesterday, airing now on ESPNU, what a glorious way to spend an afternoon, but they were close. That's from Sooner Fan in Texas. <laughs> it really was Dude, just an amazing. it was so awesome, man. Oh. It was a terrific viewing experience, wasn't it? I, I Look, at some point it's – only about Oklahoma and what happens going forward, but I'd be lying to you if I said that I didn't greatly enjoy that yesterday. I saw a a lot of great memes. I saw uh, a lot of great jokes about Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. Like there, there was some really good content put on the internet yesterday. 
which I appreciated. It was almost as good as the uh, the finish of the game. Hats off to all of you but for I think, creating said content. I think the best thing that I saw, and this is from a Twitter user, Kenny G, <laughs> LOL, USC is just Texas Tech with palm trees. <laughs> That's pretty good. Tulane averaged 10.3 yards per snap yesterday. And that was the crazy thing about that game is, you know, Caleb Williams would make a big throw or a big play to Brendan Rice, whatever. And just when you thought, okay, well, that that's it. USC just takes a two-score lead. Tulane would come back and score in like three plays. I mean, it was bad defensively. man. They were bad defensively against Utah, but at least they kind of waited until the second half to implode defensively. I mean, it was all game. It felt like it was all game long. Tulane, it felt like they had about seven three-play touchdown drives yesterday. They had no, no chance of stopping Tulane yesterday, especially on the ground, man. It was a bad look. Caleb Williams looked so visibly upset at the end of the game. I mean, I don't know what he was saying over there. Maybe we have some lip readers out there in the ref army, but just the camera shots that they had of him on the bench as Tulane was driving down for what wound up being the the game-winning drive, obviously. It looked, honestly... it looked like it's not going to totally shock me if he enters the transfer portal again. I don't think that's where this thing is headed. I think he stays put. But he looked like somebody that has resigned himself to the realization they're not going to be able to get this stop. Oh, I have God. signed myself up with Alex Grinch, and these guys are not going to be able to deliver. I've went and scored 45 points, and we're going to lose this game to Tulane. Text line says, Pratt only completed eight passes. You're right. Eight passes for 234 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> He still had a massive day and then 83 yards on the ground. It was awesome. God, it was awesome. And then Textline pointed out earlier that Mario Williams burned his uh, OU gear after transferring to USC. How about that mistake that was made? I mean, there, there's your game right there, Josh. At least you get a chance in overtime to go and win the game if you're USC. But Mario Williams makes that blunder and they got to take over inside the two-yard line. All of it was just fantastic. Yeah, it uh... – that, that special teams miscue was gigantic. Just a disaster for USC, which was lovely. M- made it all the more uh, enjoyable. Yeah, it was great. All right, we got one final segment of Locked In coming up next. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm not going to be back until Monday, so there is a chance. There is a chance that OU gets its quarterback for 2024 this month. And I think that that's very important for a couple reasons. We'll tell you why coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. All right, final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. Appreciate Josh Helmer for uh, hopping in this hour. Parker is on his way to San Antonio. The Under Armour All-America game at 4 p.m. today on ESPN. The All-American Bowl in San Antonio on Saturday. So, yeah, a lot to, uh, a lot to watch this week when it comes to Cruton. So, Michael Hawkins. Quarterback in the 2024 class is going to make his announcement on January 31st. Sounds like that one's between OU and Arkansas, and there's currently two crystal balls in for Michael Hawkins to OU. Uh, Parker and Brandon have both of those crystal balls in. It'd be nice, man, if you can get your quarterback for the 2024 class committed in that early um, in January. Now, look, I'm not, I, I, I'm not going to put this on the kid's shoulders, Josh. But Jackson Arnold, we saw how big of a recruiter he was for the 2023 class. Getting your quarterback in that early, we've seen, and we saw it this past class, 
how big it can be to have a big-time quarterback there and helping recruit the rest of the class. Again, I'm not putting it on Michael Hawkins to be half the recruiter that Jackson Arnold was last year because he was really, really good. But I think with any recruiting class, not just OU, you get that quarterback set early on. I think it helps with O-linemen. It helps with skill players. Maybe it helps on the defensive side of the ball with some relationships that he already has. I think if there's one position that you may want to lock up early, uh, more years than not, it's probably your quarterback because that can really help out the rest of your class. So we'll see if OU gets Michael Hawkins on January 31st, but there's some pretty good vibes that that's eventually going to happen. We've seen uh, we've seen that play out here at Oklahoma, not just with Arnold, too. We saw it play out with uh, Williams before yeah, Arnold. True. That you get that quarterback in place, it can really, really help uh, – Thanks, steamroll in the recruiting rankings. So that'd be a nice first commit. Oklahoma's still looking for that first 2024 commit, and uh, getting it from a high-rated quarterback like Hawkins would be huge. Yeah, it would. Joe in Tulsa says Hester and Bunkley Shelton at receiver will be there next year too. Yes. Uh, watching the USC fans shake their head in disbelief as Tulane rallied was one of the best presents I got this holiday season, says Greg from Lawton. Yelling at the TV, welcome to the Riley-era Trojans, was enjoyable. Your euphoria of the Riley hire will steadily turn to disgust and disbelief in a speed D that is out of position and poor tacklers. He is all yours. <laughs> Greg really brought it with that text, did he not? I love that. There's so, ah, much, so much venom and animosity there. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy that as well. Again, uh, Devon Sears will be at OU tomorrow, transfer portal defensive tackle from Texas State. He tweeted out that OU, Tennessee, and Penn State are uh, currently in his top three. Which so. we can break down his stats, what it looks like from Texas State. The uh, other two that are in the mix for him, I think, tells you everything about the interest level and what he could potentially add to Oklahoma. The fact that Tennessee and Penn State are right there as finalists, too, you, you want this guy on campus if you can get him. Uh, I love this idea. We should get Josh Plaster on an NIL deal with Cavens Construction. Got drywall issues? We have Plaster. There it is. Gary, if there you're you listening go. to that, Josh Plaster's your guy. Uh, we got a few seconds before we get out of here. Random question, but I- I'm going to ask it. Okay. Um, TCU's in the national championship game, in case you haven't heard. Is that any impact, big impact, minimal impact, if they end up winning the title when it comes to OU's recruiting in the DFW area? What would you, what would you say? Oh, I don't, think it, I don't think it changes it a whole bunch. It could really help TCU's chances, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't think it'll – change much for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's always going to be a huge factor there. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us. Well, that'll do it for Josh anyway. Appreciate him stepping in. Bob Stoops coming your way next hour at 320. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Cedar fans.